Welcome to the Arlington Street Church Podcast. Founded in 1729, Arlington Street continues today as a gathering place for progressive people of faith in the greater Boston area and beyond. We are located at the corner of Arlington and Boylston Streets, across from the Public Garden in Boston, Massachusetts. Please visit ASCBoston.org for more information about this historic Unitarian Universalist congregation. Arlington Street Church, gathered in love and service for justice and peace. Good morning. We are a nation of people with stage fright. In some Gallup polls, public speaking has been the number one fear among Americans, rated higher than even death. (laughs) Comedian Jerry Seinfeld quotes this fact and concludes that at a funeral, most of us would rather be in the coffin than delivering the eulogy. Stage fright and related issues about speaking the truth or keeping secrets that might be better off shared, our own secrets, not the secrets that others have confided, have their early roots when as children we were criticized for being ourselves, for doing and saying the things that children just say. I love these children's letters to God, which show us the openness of children. Dear God, is it true my father won't get into heaven if he uses his bowling words in the house? (laughs) Anita. Marcia says, Dear God, my brother told me about being born, but it doesn't sound right. They're just kidding, aren't they? (laughs) Or from Larry. Dear God, maybe Cain and Abel would not kill each other so much if they had their own bedrooms. It works with my brother. (laughs) Kids will be kids, and adults don't always respond from a kind, compassionate place when children make themselves vulnerable. I agree with Parker Palmer, who says, we arrive in this world with birthright gifts our own unique gifts, and we can be trained away from our true self when we are surrounded by the expectations and the reactions of others to our one true self. Did you lose your one authentic voice? Did you set aside or hide a part of yourself? Maybe your unique gift to the world because that was safer. Most of us learn to edit ourselves pretty early in life. If our parents wanted us to be perfect to prove that they were decent parents, then today we may have trouble being real or fully authentic. Being perfect and being real are often always at odds. Or maybe you were punished for being real by peers who ridiculed you for being different. Or maybe it was a teacher who criticized your reading, or your singing, or in my case, your artwork. What happened to you? And did you respond by locking away a part of your authentic self? Reverend Wayne Mueller says, The greatest barrier to our own healing is not the pain 
sorrow, or violence inflicted upon us as children. Our greatest hindrance is our own ongoing capacity to judge ourselves, to criticize ourselves, and to bring tremendous harm to ourselves. If we harden our hearts against ourselves and meet our most tender feelings with anger, criticism, or condemnation, we simultaneously armor our heart against the possibility of gentleness, love, and healing. But we don't have to believe these old voices. We don't have to keep repeating their critical and limiting messages to ourselves. We can unlock the compassionate, caring voice that we don't seem to believe as much as the harsher voices many of us internalized. We don't have to believe all of our own thoughts. Just because you have had a thought about yourself over and over in life doesn't mean it's true. Is there a false or maybe outdated belief about yourself that you might liberate yourself from this summer? How might we start to liberate ourselves? In internal family systems, which is a way of understanding ourselves, especially all those parts of ourselves, all of those different voices, Richard Schwartz suggests that when they arise, we can thank some of these old voices for the work they've done to protect us, the work they've done to keep us safe. But we can let them know that now they can rest and go on vacation. The old voices don't have to be as diligent now. We all have gained skills and abilities we didn't have as children. And these old voices haven't kept up with our progress. Try this sometime when the old voices arise. Let that part of you know it can take a rest now. And it can go on vacation maybe a very long around-the-world vacation. This takes some practice, but it works. I speak from experience. In Radical Acceptance, Tara Brock suggests that the biggest tragedy in our lives is that freedom is possible, but yet we can pass our years trapped in the same old patterns. We can get lost in our own stories and lose touch with our actual experiences now. Leaning into the future or rehashing the past, we leave the living experience of the present moment. Change is difficult. Changing these voices is difficult, but it's not impossible. Portia Nelson tells us of her experience in Autobiography in Five Chapters. Chapter one, I walk down the street, there's a deep hole in the sidewalk, I fall in. I'm lost, I'm hopeless, it isn't my fault, it takes forever to find the way out. Chapter two, I walk down the same street, there's a deep hole in the sidewalk, I see it's there, I fall in again, I can't believe I'm in the same place, 
It isn't my fault, but it still takes a long time to get out. Chapter three, I walk down the same street. There's a deep hole in the sidewalk. I see it is there. I fall in, it's a habit. My eyes are open, I know where I am. It is my fault, I get out immediately. Chapter four, I walk down the same street. There's a deep hole in the sidewalk. I walk around it. Chapter five, I walk down another street. <laughs> we also can walk down another street. Parker Parma says, it's a strange gift, this birthright gift of self. Accepting our true self turns out to be harder than attempting to be someone else, as we often do to meet other people's expectations or in response to ridicule or criticism. There is a Hasidic tale that reveals with amazing brevity both the universal tendency to want to be someone else and the ultimate importance of being oneself. Rabbi Zusha, when he was an old man, said, in the coming world, they will not ask me, why were you not Moses? They will ask me, why were you not Zusha? What is keeping you from bringing your own true self and from using your unique gifts in the world? The poet May Sarton wrote, it's taken time, many years and places. I have been dissolved and shaken, worn other people's faces. What a long time it can take to become the person we have always been. Reverend Mueller says, rather than hide, our challenge is to speak what is true, to share the contents of our hearts, to describe for others the emotional geography of our deepest concerns. By locking away our most terrible feelings, we keep them alive and strong. By attending to them, by speaking them aloud in the company of others who care, we allow them to recede, to fade, and to gradually take up less space in our body and soul. When our old stories, our old fears, are gone and take up less space, we can create room for giving expression to our unique gifts. In addition to our own healing, the world needs our voices. <laughs> Here is an example from my own life where old voices could have stopped me from sharing my insights, my concerns, and using my voice. A few months ago, I was about to hit send on an email to the president of Brigham and Women's Hospital where I work. And I admit there was a small surge, maybe a little more than small, surge of anxiety. Was I doing the right thing? What would the response be? How would other people in the organization feel about me going directly to the president? Had we built a strong case? Those were the more reasonable 
questions in my mind. And then the old voices, voices from being the granddaughter of immigrants who grew vegetables and sold them in a cart when they first arrived in this country a hundred years ago. Immigrants who lived in fear of authority figures and thought it was safer to try to be invisible. Those voices said, don't call attention to yourself. Be careful. Who do you think you are? You're going to email the president of a hospital and you're going to ask for money? Are you crazy? But I felt the momentary fear and did it anyways. I reminded this part of myself that I was safe and that I knew what I was doing and that they could take a rest now. I had found my voice in a new waiting, a new setting as a small voice for all the victims we serve at our hospital, especially those from our urban neighborhood. Other victims had had a lot of media support, special funds, national attention, and plenty of advocates. Our victims weren't quite so popular. We had spoken a truth in our email that other colleagues in our hospital shared, but that had remained unspoken during all of the first anniversary of the bombing events. The truth that not all of Boston was Boston strong. That all year we had served local victims of violence and that they deserved support too. Later, after the Brigham had approved the request my colleagues and I made and became a Peace Champion level sponsor for the Mother's Day Walk for Peace, to support the Lewis Brown Peace Institute, a group that Arlington Street has long supported. We heard how others responded to our email and felt supported in their own efforts. And there were other ripples of our influence. An employee who was a victim of domestic violence felt less alone just knowing that the chaplains who wrote the letter were there and that we cared for all the victims. Dorothy Day said, people say, what is the sense of a small effort? They cannot see that we must lay one brick at a time, take one step at a time. A pebble cast into the pond causes ripples that spread in all directions. Each one of our thoughts, words, and deeds is like that. No one has the right to sit down and feel hopeless. There's too much work to do. Our world is bruised and hurting. What will you bring your voice to? What will you bring your passion, your gifts, your talents to? And in the words of Margaret Mead, for those of you doubters, Never doubt that a small group of thoughtful, committed citizens can change the world. Indeed, it's the only thing that ever has. Amen. Thank you for listening to this week's podcast. We would love to hear from you via email or through our Facebook page. If you would like to support the good work of Arlington Street Church, please consider a donation by checking the mail or through our website.